This is a man-to-man podcast. And we are here again with Burkan from EZ Conversations. That's letter E, letter Z, Conversations. And we are here on this Mental Health Week discussing mental health, particularly in relationships. Um, Burkan has such a smooth and calming energy He's been through many things in his in his life, has many experiences with mental health, within relationships and without, and he studied psychology. So he combines all, all of the knowledge that he's learned with the experience together in such a uh, balanced manner that his, his uh, knowledge and his insight is a must. So I hope you guys enjoy and remember, it's not what you get that makes you happy. It's what you become. So, yeah, Furkan, thank you for being on this Man to Man podcast. Um, it's great talking to you and linking up with you once again. Um, it's been a while, but um, fantastic you being here. Um, I just, you know, obviously I know that mental health is your thing. And, you know, on the ty- on, on, your, on your Instagram uh, you you got you you have a little uh, bit of writing that says helping men find self love. Um, you got a podcast and everything like that. So what 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 is it that you're trying to help men do, or how how do you think you can help men find self love to love themselves, so to speak? Yeah, I think uh, for me it obviously comes from my own journey of finding self love, and it's something I continue to. Uh, strive for. Uh, it's something I, I struggle with even now. But uh, when I look at self-love, uh, what I'm hoping to do is help men uh, being able to identify within themselves what it is they need. And a lot of it comes from childhood. Um, so a lot of the work I'm doing in psychology uh, is understanding, you know, we all kind of build whether it's defense mechanisms or, or traumatic events from our, from our from our childhood that create these uh, stories or narratives that basically end up um, continuing on into our adult life. Mm. And, and I think that's where I, I like to focus on working with men <clears throat> specifically is being able to identify what it is from their childhood that they've kept repeating to themselves and how yeah. can they change that narrative. And, uh, and I think it's part of it is also allowing men to be vulnerable and, Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, be open and free with their feelings and expressing themselves and, and changing that whole um, image we've created for men that, you know, um, when you express yourself or when yeah. you cry, or when you're vulnerable, you're a weak person. And that's not yeah. true. Yeah. Uh, it takes real strength to be able to ask for help. Right. And, and um, so that's kind of the narrative I'm trying to change and work with men to, uh, to help identify. Uh, so then they uh, can find it within themselves and, and be um, their own self. And uh, yeah, and, and I think we often as men get um, we get stuck in finding that love in our relationships with our partners where we could be actually giving it to ourselves and coming as a whole being into our relationships um, where we can build the relationship together and not necessarily mm-hmm. rely on being loved. Uh, I mean, obviously love is important to receive, but yeah. if you can love yourself first, then you can give a lot more to the relationship. Definitely. Um, you know, is it, it's so difficult with them when it comes to like I think I think these 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 characteristics really come to the forefront of a person's um, mind and 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 body and experience when they're in a relationship. I feel you know when someone's not in a relationship, if they have something that they suffer with or whatever like that, I think when they're just by themselves, single it can be easier for them to deal with. Uh, but when they get into a relationship, I believe it, it, it kind of, you know, it's always going to test you. It's always going to push you because you're, you're having to now 
you know, be not just you, you're happy to now adapt and change and, and you know, uh, cooperate with someone else and collaborate with someone else. And I think that's where mm-hmm. a lot of these these challenges for people with mental health and everything like that come into play more more so than anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Do you think, do you, think um, you know, you know, someone has, like, I, you, first of all, do you think that everybody who's been through any sort of traumatic experience, whether in childhood or adulthood, um, has some form of a mental health issue, you know, on a long-term, on a long-term uh, basis? Well, I think, I mean, you know, the way I look at mental health, it's it's very subjective. So, you know, something you're experiencing is going to, is going to be different than what I've experienced or what I continue to experience. So we're all very different in that sense. And, you know, your childhood might be different than mine, but there's always, I believe there's always something that happens in our childhood um, that continues to feed that narrative. Um, Mm. So, so yeah, I think that's definitely, I mean, that definitely exists. um, And it's being able to to navigate and and I think relationships to your point like are are beautiful mm-hmm. in the sense that not only do you uh feel loved but it, they also um if you're really curious they also bring up a lot of triggers um, yeah. or or information and yeah. in, in the relationships I've been in um obviously you know after doing a lot of work now I'm more mindful but mm-hmm. when I was in relationships earlier like even in my 20s I would get triggered and I wouldn't know why, or Mm. I just wouldn't pay attention. I would just react. Mm. And uh, the older I get and the more curious I become, Mm. those triggering moments or whatever we're feeling are an opportunity for us to understand why we are being triggered, what it is that from our past is coming up, whether it's an ego defense mechanism or something else of feeling or whether it's our attachment styles there's something that our partner does and we get triggered and it Mm. you know they're probably doing something very minuscule but we make it such a big deal in our heads because it's triggering something from the past Mm. and that's where being curious helps because then you're able to navigate and understand if you really want to what the source of that trigger is Mm, yeah it's 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 so um i think it's i think we all get triggered you know mm-hmm. one way or another um and obviously there's you know there's there's levels to it of course but i think when when you're in a relationship i think if you're in a communicative open you know and you have to be open too just like you said you have to be vulnerable as men especially in relationships I think if anywhere you have to be vulnerable you have to be vulnerable in relationships with your partner because Mm -hmm. um, this is where if you do have uh, things that trigger you at least if they do trigger you then because you're in an open and and, and honest relationship you can then grow from it and talk about it and learn from it and try to become better with it through your communication with your partner yeah. because then your partner will understand why why this happens to you and if they're obviously not a person who cares and loves you they're going to definitely adapt and or try to adapt to um certain things that trigger you so i think um i think i think it, i think like for me being in uh relationships early early in my uh, early teens and in my 20s and things like that i guess you know things that i did Mm-hmm. which I would I would I would not be uh, proud of I guess there was there was definitely effects effects from childhood and I feel like I wasn't aware of them like literally I wasn't aware that what I was doing mm-hmm. was based on an effect that I've, that I've had from childhood and <clears throat> I would you know just take it as normal you know I would think you know um, you know be trying to be with you know trying to, you know, have sex with multiple women is normal. I would think that it's normal. And, and you know, I think that, you know, it's like some, some sort of alpha type behavior, 
and it's only it's only in, as I get into my thirties, which I realize that basically it's not normal. It's not alpha. It, it doesn't mean anything, you know. And um, once I realized that, everything changed for me. I started seeing. Yeah. I started every literally everything when it comes to relationship. Everything changed, and then you know, it's only it's only it's only based on being open and communicated in my current relationship where I learned to do that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I agree 100%. And I think it's uh, <clears throat> it's very important what you pointed out. I think, you know, we all have an inner child um, and you want to be uh, within a relationship where both, you know, your partner and yourself are both able to come to the table and talk about these things and you can uh, together build a, a kind of a, a relationship where, like you said, it, there's open, honest communication and you're both aware of the inner child each one has and, mm. and support each other. And mm. often um, the, the problem I've seen uh, with people around me or even myself is we are too afraid to um, do that inner work. Yeah. Um, we, we either jump from relationship to relationship or if we get um, triggered, we end up walking away rather than identifying that inner child and putting it out there, telling our partner, hey, you know, this is what happens. This is why I get triggered. These are my fears. And mm -hmm. once, once you can do that, uh, and both people can do that, I think it's beautiful if you can both support each other and nurture that inner child. Um, as long as it's respectful and you're not using that as an opportunity to unleash on your partner, of course. Um, I think, it, yeah, you can build something really beautiful. And, and I, you know, I think that's in an ideal scenario. Um, not quite often you don't, it, it's hard to see where both people have put in that inner work. Right. And mm -hmm. that's kind of the struggle. Mm. Um, but I think, yeah, uh, you know, that whole alpha male thing, as you mentioned, is something that we as men grow up uh, with, you know, whether it's through movies or media or TV or even in mm -hmm. high school, it's always the yeah. jock or, you know, yeah. the athlete, the alpha male who's getting all the girls. So that's what yeah. we're all aspiring to be. Mm -hmm. um, and then when you get into your 30s or, you know, as you get older, you're you're still chasing that uh alpha i guess image but mm. you have to at some point do the inner work um and, and you're right like i think uh as you mentioned earlier when you're single you don't necessarily uh get triggered so you don't know what's going on yeah. uh, but i think as you go from relationship to relationship it's easy to blame the other person saying, Oh, you know, my partner yeah. was terrible or this or that. Mm -hmm. But I think it's, it's really an opportunity to sit down and investigate it within yourself, what it is that uh, is happening. And, and for me too, like I've recognized that I continue to choose uh, uh, very similar partners. <laughs> and, yeah. And then it's easy for, I, I could easily sit there and say, Oh, it's just these, you know, women or, there's something wrong with women, but it's really understanding what, what it is inside of me that I'm trying to either avoid or what is that story I've created in my head that I'm continuing to repeat. Yeah. Do you think um, the person who's, you know, in, wait, two people in a relationship, the, the one person who is doing the inner work, doing, you know, facing the, the demons so to speak trying to grow mm -hmm. you know maybe taking therapy whatever and then you've got the other person in the relationship who isn't thinks nothing's wrong with them thinks yeah i'm not saying a narcissist so to speak but mm -hmm. you know has maybe a, maybe a personality where they feel that they don't need to do that even though they probably do do you think in a in a relationship two people can grow and become grow grow in that sense and have a have a, have a fruitful you know long-term relationship you think that could happen in in that type of scenario well um i mean I, I wouldn't say 
never, but in, in certain, in those situations where only one person's doing the work, I think it's hard um, because, so, you know, I'll give my own example. I was in a recently in a relationship where that was the case where, you know, we were both trying to do the inner work and, um, but the other person wasn't willing to, to take accountability. And I think it, it gets, it gets exhausting. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like, for example, if one person is doing the work and they're recognizing their triggers and they're being honest and vulnerable and the yeah. other person is not, and they're saying, Oh, there's nothing wrong with me. So mm -hmm. not only are you, uh, take doing the, the work on yourself, you're also taking the burden of the other person on yourself. Mm -hmm. And that can get yeah. exhausting because yeah. you're constantly fighting an uphill battle. Mm -hmm. um, so, so that's where I think it, it gets difficult. Um, now, you know, there could be instances where eventually the other person may recognize that, okay, they also need to grow. They also need to contribute. They also need mm. to put in the work, mm. but how long are you willing to wait um, yeah. for, for that to happen? Um, or will it ever happen? Right. So exactly. that's where it becomes a little bit difficult and you need to, to make a choice. Mm. I think, yeah, I think, you know, it, this, this, I, I, I've probably not, I've, I've experienced this in terms of being with people who know they have issues, but don't want to get help mm -hmm. and, and then put, put all your, all the blame on you because they believe that you're the issue when, yeah. you know, um, but I, I, it, I just think personally, I don't think if, if someone is if, some, if people aren't willing to I think in relationships partnerships you have to if you're not willing to communicate together um and talk together about both of your issues then I don't think there is a relationship there because how you you're, someone's always going to feel like the person who's going to be open is always going to feel some sort of not resentment but so you think you're perfect or you think you're mm -hmm. you, you think mm -hmm. you don't have anything wrong and I think that that isn't a relationship that's that's more of a um you know it's like you like you said the person's taking on their issues also and i, I, I think it's impossible um for, for anyone to be happy in that type of scenario and you know relationships is not relationships aren't this like wonderful beautiful thing all the time 24 7 and you know 24 7 that you know it's not a fairy tale you know there is hard work there is things you have to put effort towards and things like that but i think you have to have some sort of level of happiness within that relationship in order to to um, to have a, to, to want to still be in that relationship. Yeah, and, um, no, I agree. Yeah, go on. I, I no, I agree hundred percent. And like I said, in my own personal experience, that was the case. Like you know, uh, things were great when you go out or you travel or you, you go for dinner. <laughs> But uh, when it was time to have the hard conversations, that's when it got difficult. And, and like you said, you know, uh, you need to put in that work and you need to have those difficult conversations in any relationship. And, and one of the things I'm working on is kind of identifying, like, uh, I believe there's four layers um, of, of an individual mm. from in how they evolve in a relationship or how they come in. Okay. Um, and, and so you've got a person and I'm just going to focus on one person uh, yeah. and then you, that can apply to both people in a relationship, but you've got a person who doesn't have the awareness at all. Right. Uh -huh. So they continue to go from relationship to relationship or even stay in a relationship where they just don't have any awareness of what it is going on with them yeah. uh, or where their inner child is. And then you've got the next level where the person has some level of awareness, but they're not willing to do anything about it, or they're not willing to put in the work because they're either afraid, uh, they mm. don't want to step out of their comfort zone, or mm -hmm. it's just easier for them to, uh, to either project their own insecurities or um, vulnerabilities onto the other person. Then you've got the next level mm. where the person has the awareness, they're doing the work, yeah. And 
they're, you know, they'll make mistakes, but they're still mm-hmm. willing to, to put in the effort and, and the time and, and, uh, and work on themselves. Yeah. Uh, and then the final one, I think is someone who's comfortable enough where they've put in the work and they're doing just the regular maintenance, um, to, to yeah. keep that sustaining themselves. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's ever a point where you've completely gotten to the point where you're fully evolved. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there's no triggers because yeah. in my experience, you know, I've dealt with a lot of stuff, um, through therapy from the mm-hmm. past, but new things continue to come up. So mm-hmm. from that perspective, I don't think there'll ever be a point in my life where I can say, Hey, I've figured everything out. I'm a mm. complete human being. <laughs> yeah, so course. that's how I look at it. And I think, you know, you want to be at a point in a relationship where either you're on the same level um, and you're both supporting each other and growing and learning and you're making uh, the efforts to, to uh, work through all the, the, the uh, insecurities and the childhood stories you bring into the relationship you're both working towards improving that and uh and working on it and i think Mm. that's where it's it's the ideal scenario um Mm. do you think otherwise go on sorry finish no i was just gonna say otherwise you know if one person's doing the work and the other isn't you're like i said it just gets exhausting and and Mm. one of you will burn out yeah definitely Definitely. Do you think, you know, when, when it comes to men in a relationship, you know, like, if a woman is, because as a man, you know, like like you said in the beginning, you don't want to be vulnerable. And you, well, some men don't want to be vulnerable, don't feel like it's not masculine, feel like it's there's no strength in that when obviously it's the opposite. And actually, to be honest, women, I think women find it more attractive. Um, when a man's being vulnerable um, about what he's going through or what, what's happening in his, in his world. Um, but do you think a, a man, like, can, in a relationship, can he, can, can, can he with, with, with a woman, can he, like, be the, uh, the, 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 drive, the, the driving force behind all this, you know, openness and talking and, and, can he be that type of person in a, in a relationship and still be, still be happy in a relationship? Can he push for his like partner to be you know, less open, less talk, let's go to therapy because, you know, these are these traditionally, these are things that, you know, women tend to want to do mm-hmm. with, with their partner. So, mm-hmm. you know, is this like changing the roles of a man when he's, when he's doing this, you know, is this like not, not demasculating him, but, Will I mean will will it will it benefit him 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 being like that and doing and, and doing like that this with his partner or is he just better off maybe moving on from his partner and finding someone else who's 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 there with him? Well, yeah, I, I don't. Uh, it really depends on the dynamics of the relationship, but uh, at the end of the day, I think there needs to be a willingness from both. Mm. Uh, if again, if one person is and and the thing with relationships is like you know there's a push and pull so one you know sometimes i think every uh, sorry each individual needs to take the role of uh leading at some point now yeah. it could be it could be the if it's a you know a male and female relationship then yeah some days the female's going to have to pull and and uh carry the relationship and some days uh the male will have to. And I think um, there's nothing wrong with that because, you know, there's been times where I'm just like, you know what, I've got a lot going on and I just need you to, to support me and and vice versa. So I think that's going to happen. But if it's, but if it comes to a point where it's always one person doing all the work Mm. and uh, driving the, the uh, relationship or going for therapy or suggesting that and putting in the work or asking for difficult conversations, it comes back to the same thing I said earlier, it becomes mm-hmm. exhausting um, because you, you just, 
start building resentment. And, you know, if you're the man who's doing that in the relationship, at some point you'll be like, okay, like, why is it just my job? Um, and, and like, that's the thing about, it's a partnership at the end of the day, you're a team. Yeah. Uh, and the analogy I often use is like for, you know, I quite often use sports analogies. It's a team sport and every individual brings uh, different strengths to to the relationship. Uh, like a team sport and um you you know some days you're gonna have to carry the team and other days the other person's gonna have to carry the team but you all Mm -hmm. both have to be going in the same direction Uh, yeah otherwise you're not a partnership you're not a team yeah definitely Uh, i think that's the key the the same direction if if one person's going one way other person's going the other i think it's you know is there a time to say you know what when is the time to say, you know what, this is? Because I think, I think, you know, a lot of people struggle with the time to, to you know, because maybe, like you said, maybe it just needs work, maybe it needs this, or is there a, is there something that's in you that you say, you know, I can't help this person, like, you know, I can't, I can't be with this person. Um, I think some people struggle with that. I think some people maybe going through years of maybe, maybe I should, maybe I shouldn't leave this person or whatever because maybe it could work still is there like a an indication of okay this is this is finished i'm, I'm like when is that indication of i'm finished yeah I, I i mean again that's a that's a hard question to answer i think it depends on the relationship and the person mm. but I, I do know i think personally like based on what i've observed and what i understand i think we get comfortable and, and, and that's okay. That's normal. That happens to everyone. Um, We we're too afraid to step out of our comfort zone and being Mm -hmm. in a relationship with someone that you've known for a while Mm -hmm. and you've kind of built, you know, it could be, you've built a home together, you've built a family together, you've built an identity together as a, as a couple. Um, it's hard to step out of that because you're stepping out of your comfort zone. Um, you're there's that fear of the unknown, the yeah. fear of being alone, the fear of trying to find a new partner, the fear of um, abandonment. Being, I think the fear yeah. of abandonment for many people. Yeah, it's yeah, it's abandonment, or it's even mm-hmm. just the fear of wondering, am I going to find someone else? Mm-hmm. Right. So you start. Uh, and I'm, I'm not saying this is the case all the time, but you start making excuses for the other person saying, you know what, uh, this is, you know, this is something this person isn't capable of doing. They're not mm. capable of being vulnerable. So you, you just make an excuse for them. You, you, you accept it because mm. you're worried about what, if you leave that relationship, are you going to find someone who even comes close? Yeah. Um, and I think what you touched on earlier was happiness. And, you know, I, I know this is easier said than done because I've struggled with it myself. Um, if you're not happy, then you really need to look at yourself in the mirror and understand, mm-hmm. like, is that something you're willing to accept uh, yeah. for an extended period of time, just not being happy or, or not being able to be yourself? Because that's the other thing. A lot of people... Yeah. Um, build their identity around the relationship and lose their own identity mm-hmm. um, or they just um, they just pretend to be someone else so they're accepted by their partner yeah so yeah. those are all things you need to recognize in that re- relationship container and ask yourself what it is you're willing to accept and, Definitely. Uh, but it does come at a price you know there's a mm-hmm. cost to that um so yeah uh, i think i think a lot I of guys i think sorry i think um a lot of guys need to, to put work do work on themselves and girls work on themselves um understand who they are because what like what you said about they just get they're, they're changing themselves to be in a relationship which is which is wrong because you're, you're ultimately tricking the person and tricking yourself you know i think what people, a lot of people need to do is they need to work on themselves and they need to, you know, maybe the reason why, you know, the relationships are going wrong 
because you haven't done enough work on yourself. And mm-hmm. this, this is, this is, this is the. I think for me, anyway, me personally, once I understood who I am, once I, I really understood who I am, and what I'm about, and then I knew what I knew what the path was to go when it comes mm-hmm. to relationships. And I knew the first thing, one thing I did know is that, like you, you said it. Um, I have to be completely myself. I don't want to be, I don't want to feel like I have to be someone else mm-hmm. or act someone else. Or I just want to be me. Cause when, when you're being you, that, that like, it's like, then you can express yourself at home. Then that, that, that then transcends into the world, doesn't it? Um, and, and it's like, it's, it's quite empowering for someone who allows you to be who you are. And mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of people are going into relationships trying to, you know, trying to trying to go into relationships so someone else can make them feel happy. Someone else can make them feel better. Someone else can make give them more confidence or more popularity, whatever. You know, and I feel like the key is for the person to to be like, okay, forget about someone else. What can I do to make myself feel better? Because when you do that, I think that's when the right relationship comes. And just like you said, you're still going to get triggered. You're still going to get affected in the relationship even if you don't work on yourself but there's there's a foundation there that that you could you'll fall on when when uh, the, these things these triggers occur so you'll bounce back mm-hmm. you know and you'll you'll learn yeah. from it every time so i think it's 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 vital for people to to work on themselves if if they if they if they feel this uncomfortability towards themselves or if they don't feel this happiness inside themselves i think they have to mm-hmm. i don't know what yeah, you think yeah Hundred percent, and I think part of it is we're we're, and I, I you know I'm going to say all of us to a certain extent, maybe some more than others, but we we just want to be accepted, and uh, it's that fear of not being accepted or or gaining people's approval, and I think that also comes from childhood, whether it's yeah. from your parents, from your peers. Mm. Um, you know, your friends, we, we all want to be accepted. And, and often, you know, when we are being ourselves, we are afraid that we may not be accepted. So then we put on this cloak Mm. so our partners can accept us and we can get their approval. Mm. And like you said, if you've put that work into yourself and you're comfortable with who you are, it's easier to go into a relationship and present yourself as who you are. And one of the things I've learned and I've been telling other people too is, you know, once you're getting into a relationship with someone, be honest right at the beginning, be honest of who you are, what you want, what Mm. your boundaries are, what are your needs. And often I find like in relationships, when if it's a new relationship, you're too afraid to have those conversations because you're in the honeymoon phase and you don't want to rock the boat and I think those are that is the best time to have those conversations and if the other person can't accept you for who you are or they can't agree with your boundaries or they don't just uh, understand your boundaries then Mm -hmm. that's great because now you're it's early in the relationship you both haven't invested any time or emotions and you could easily walk away saying oh you know what uh maybe we're not a good fit for each other Mm, um rather than avoiding that conversation and then getting into the relationship and then by the time the honeymoon phase ends you're six seven months even a year into it and now you've invested all this time and emotions and then you're just willing to just accept it and maintain status quo and that's where i think a lot of the problems arise um because now you've just created this dynamic um that you're just willing to kind of live with and not necessarily Mm -hmm. be happy yeah How, how do you think you know particularly men how do you think you know we said you said in the beginning about being vulnerable how do you think someone who isn't vulnerable learns how to become vulnerable in the way in what they say they say they're scared to say something like you know I didn't get enough attention from my mom growing up Mm -hmm. now they've never said that 
to anyone, maybe not even themselves. How do they? How do they? How do they get over that first hurdle? Because that I think, for a lot of people, it's hard to say certain things like that to 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 mm-hmm. you know they don't they have a lot of trust issues. So they've mm-hmm. maybe grown up in households where trust issues is is, is a major problem. Like, and then mm-hmm. it could be something small like their mother just tr- or their father just trusting them to do something minute and they don't trust them to do that and then in, then it, it, it you know it escalates to adulthood and they don't trust anyone blah 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 blah. so how does how does a guy you know say that to to someone how do they get over that hurdle well i think uh i mean there's different ways um and i can only speak for what's worked for me but it's going for group therapy um where everyone is kind of sharing their own uh, vulnerabilities. So I find that's helped me is sitting in a group therapy session and basically stating my fears and, and stating stuff like that. Hey, you know, this is what happened to me. This is what my mom did or my dad did, whatever the case may be. Being able to speak about it, uh, repeating it to myself, you know, mm-hmm. journaling. Uh, so when you journal, uh, you could say, you know, this is what happened. Uh, what is true today? And really, you know, when you start journaling, it helps because you're able to visualize or uh, put it on paper. Mm. Um, so that helps. Um, or just going for individual therapy and uh, finding uh, the therapist who's willing to to help you navigate that. And sometimes, you know, I, I've also mentioned that you may not find the right therapist. Like in my yeah. case too, it took me six or seven before I found the one that really? was able to use the right modalities and methods that were uh work best for me Mm. so um so those are things that have helped me become more vulnerable and i think the main theme here is repeating it and talking about it and that Mm. applies to any mental health issue uh whether you're going through depression or anxiety the more you talk about it the more you share it uh, with your community your friends your support system the more you normalize it and then the yeah. more you normalize it the more uh, you can you can accept it and i think by avoiding talking about our truths and uh just hiding yeah. the information or or the truth you create this stigma in your own head that uh that you just yeah you just don't want to talk about and for me, what's helped over the years is just being honest about mistakes I've made, yeah. uh, fears I have, insecurities I have, and just making it normal. And mm. the more you're able to talk about it, the more comfortable you become with it. And then when you go into a relationship, because you're comfortable with the truth, you're able to uh, express that to a future partner. And that in itself shows confidence. It shows that you're comfortable in your own skin. Um, So that's what I can suggest, um, but it may work differently for different people. Uh, It's, it's what's worked for me and I've found it really helpful. Yeah. I mean, does it ever go too far? Um, I mean, first of all, for me, I'm exactly the same where, I mean, pre before I wouldn't, I literally, in my early 20s, literally, I wouldn't be vulnerable in any sort of way to anyone. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. I, I, like this, 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 this ultimately gave me, like, I never felt I lacked confidence, but it gave me this uh, inability to speak my truth, not just regarding myself but regarding maybe other things that I didn't like it it snowballed it snowballed to to me not being able to speak the truth to a lot of people I could speak to some maybe here and there but a lot of people I couldn't I wasn't able to say how I felt because I never mm-hmm. practiced doing that generally mm-hmm. so this this snowballed and then <laughs> once I started doing it it's that I I slowly slowly like it took I'm saying I probably started doing it I'm 32 now so I probably started doing it when I was 26 27 like mm-hmm. so I started 
you know, just maybe one person, I would say some, someone that, you know, uh, I didn't like what they did and I was to start doing it to someone else. And, and then now I can just, do, I, I can do it to anyone. It doesn't, and I'm not going to do it just like, you know, obviously there's a balance in everything, but I'm able to speak my truth, how I feel at any time without, mm-hmm. without feeling, well, I do, you do still feel a bit like, oh, you know, you still feel the emotion, um, but I'm still able to speak it. And then mm-hmm. what I've realized is after I speak my truth, after, and, and that is in, in a sense of vulnerability because sometimes people don't want you to feel like you should be upset. Sometimes, or maybe you feel that you shouldn't be saying something about, shouldn't be upset about something. So you shouldn't say anything, which is wrong. Um, and that, that, that made me, that, 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 that's, that's given me even more inner confidence, inner love, because that's showing to myself that, you know what, I, I love myself that much that I, 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 I will say what I feel is right, um, irrespective of how the person responds. And mm-hmm. nine times out of 10, the response is, it, 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 it's not even, uh, you know, it's like, it's not even negative towards me. Like the response isn't negative. Nine times out of 10, 99 times out of 100, the response isn't negative. Um, if, if I'm just being open and saying, speaking my truth, because I'm not trying to, you know, I, I just feel like people feel like people start preempting too much what the outcome of what they're going to say is going to be. And also I feel like people are scared of, you know, uh, change, so to speak. So if they, if they say something and then someone changes towards them, they're afraid of the outcome. They're afraid to lose someone that, you know, again they're just afraid to lose a person or or maybe you know not a conflict but a potential situation where there may be tension in the conversation and they would rather avoid that tense conversation um but in 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 turn they are hurting themselves and i think Mm -hmm. being open and vulnerable you know it's a must but do you think you think on the other side, there's someone who is can be too vulnerable, too open, too you know overwhelming in, in terms of that what they're saying or what they're doing, or is it is that just how they cope? Is that just how they deal with life? You know, or is it too much? Is it just too much for us, or is it is it perfect for that person to be that you know speak say everything all the time constantly? Constantly, you know, in, it, it can come across as if the person has been, as if that person who's been vulnerable, over, overly vulnerable, is bombarding, you know, their community, their workplace, you know, their home, with their vulnerabilities and 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 everything like that. Is there a case where it can be too much? Uh, well, I mean, I mean, this is just my perspective, but the way I look at it is, it's about. Uh, knowing who your community is right so you almost Mm -hmm. want to build a circle of trust where and the way I look at it is like the way I'm feeling or my raw truths um, I'm not going to share that with everyone because I don't think um, everyone should be knowing about it or 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 are in a capacity to to know about it Um, like Mm -hmm. for example in the workplace I'm not going to keep talking about my feelings Hmm. um but so so i think there's a time and place for it that's how Hmm. i look at it it's having that community uh it's it's being able to talk to your therapist it's being able to have a group of friends where there's that safe space because you need that safe space um but if within that safe space if you're being overly vulnerable like you said I, i don't think there is a such thing like if people get uncomfortable because you're sharing your feelings or you're talking about your feelings I don't know if that's your issue I think that's more the other person's issue if they get uncomfortable because they probably are not comfortable talking about their own Mm. so that may be an indication that maybe that's not the type of or maybe that's not the person you want to share your emotions with all the time yeah Um, yeah. I, I don't think 
personally, again, it's one of those things that's very subjective. Uh, what mm -hmm. is too much? Mm -hmm. um, but I think, you know, you, what I try to tell people, and this comes back full circle to the self-love part for men is just be comfortable talking about your emotions and feelings. Yeah. And that doesn't mean like you, you're talking about it all the time, but as long as you're comfortable talking about your emotions, your feelings, uh, as long as you're comfortable with yourself, you're able to do it confidently in front of others. Yeah. <clears throat> and that goes uh, into your relationships as well. Um, so when you're starting a new relationship with a, a prospective partner, mm. being comfortable enough to be able to say that, hey, uh, this is what I feel. This is how I feel. These are the things I need, uh, like I said earlier. And um, if you have that self-love for yourself, if the other person can't accept that, that is okay. That's not on you. That's on them. Mm. Mm. I see. What do and, you yeah, go on. No, I was going to say the whole aspect of mental health, this is at least one of the areas that I think it comes in is because we, we just hold all that information inside. Yeah. Uh, we store it inside and yeah. that is what creates anxiety because we don't know how to express it. We worry about the future. We worry about not being accepted. So that anxiety kicks in. Uh, and often it could lead to depression because you're constantly worried uh, about the future. And yeah. um, that's the mental health aspect that kicks in as well. Uh, and again, like I said, I'm just specifically talking about uh, men. Yeah. What do you um, personally do when you're, when you're feeling down or feeling affected by mental health uh, my my I'll for your answer I'll just say my thing my personal thing or feeling down or if I feel not myself or if I feel disconnected to who I am because I believe I believe mental health is just when you're out of sync with who you really are um mm -hmm. that that's my definition of it um so what I do is I do the thing that I I I I, I train so when when I feel any sort of down, feeling any sort of like you know, not myself, I either train or I do yoga, like one or the yeah. other. And um, this immediately, I mean, it does have an immediate effect, and um, it it does it does it does help me through my day, and it makes my day feel better. It makes me feel better. I then start to I then start to like you know even if I didn't do anything else productive in that day I generally do feel better just because I know that I've done something to achieve something something that's that's um that that makes me feel good and I think mm -hmm. that's that's my thing what 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 is your thing um well yeah I mean I think any form of exercise or activity helps um I I do want to say this though like it's mm. Uh, just being mindful that it's not always easy uh, and this applies to me as well it's not always easy especially if you're really struggling uh, to be able to motivate yourself to do things mm -hmm. um, and you know a lot of times people do get caught in a in a rut yeah. um, and and that happens to me too where you know I could go a day or two just being um uh, miserable or, or just feeling sorry for myself. And what I want to tell people is that's okay to you. Because uh, quite often we end up shaming ourselves and feeling guilty for for feeling down. And yeah. um, so, so I just want to put that out there that there's nothing wrong with that. Like give yourself the time and space to feel the emotions, to feel down. Um, but also like don't let it drag out for too long because then that's where it becomes chronic and it becomes an mm. issue because now you've let it go um so so yeah give yourself that time and space give yourself a timeline whether it's a day or two to say hey you know what i'm gonna uh i'm gonna be miserable for a couple of days and mm. uh that's okay because it's only two days or whatever but after yeah. that uh for me what i typically do is 
any form of grounding, whether it's meditation, uh, going out for a walk or going for a run, exercising, going to the gym, playing mm -hmm. sports, uh, any form of activity helps. Uh, reading, reading helps me. Um, like, obviously, you want to read positive messages. <laughs> Uh, cool. But yeah, I think for everyone, there's something out there that helps them that's therapeutic. You know, a lot of my friends I know go hiking yeah. um, or, or they go swimming and stuff like that. So I think being able to identify what it is that brings you joy, uh, that you find therapeutic and engaging in that activity. And like I said, sometimes it's hard to step out of, you know, feeling down and just mm -hmm. jumping into that activity so take that what i try to tell people is take that time and space it's okay um, you just don't want it to last for days because then it it can become chronic and it can become an issue mm -hmm. so yeah yeah and for me like i said any form of movement is therapeutic no yeah no i, I believe that and you know i also think um being of value <clears throat> so being of value towards you know one person a community somewhat um you know a cause you know also can help with you know depression mental health so to speak you know because then you feel you feel like you're part of something and i think that that also uh, helps with helps yeah. people being being valued being feeling significant you know yes we all want to yeah. feel significant we don't want to feel um as if we're just here just existing doing nothing like there's nothing to nothing nothing to nothing to go for you know i think you know having a goal feeling significant feeling valued it makes you feel like you're part of something and i think that will help you continue on the ball you know, keep rolling, keep keep moving, keep pushing, keep keep going. And I know, you know, some people might have like a, you know a huge family and they support their huge family, but still, you know, I get get depressed. But I think it's just that I feel like they've lost a sense of direction, so to speak. They lost a sense of who they are as well. And I think just being of value to what, like doing something that someone appreciates what that's anyone appreciates i think that can that can that can have a major difference in someone's um someone's progress towards in, in their mental health or depression i think it, it, it can just it can progress it and it, it can be like a um it can be like a, a parachute i mean not sorry not a parachute like a um, springboard mm -hmm. um towards getting out of that dark place you know um that's 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 what i see because i mean i i've never really suffer with mm -hmm. depression but I've always felt better doing when I'm doing something significant doing something for someone or the community or whoever like it you know it makes you feel good helping people helping people makes people feel good and I think people underestimate doing helping uh, people they underestimate the power of help yeah uh, yeah I agree 100%. I think service is really important, um, whether it's volunteering. Um, so I try to be involved in the community. And, and you know, like uh, for years, I would just donate money and not really see the impact it was having. Mm -hmm. um, but as soon as I started volunteering in the community or helping people directly uh, or mentoring uh, youth, I found a purpose in that because I could see the direct impact it was happening, uh, having on people. And yeah, it, it helps uh, if you're struggling or anything else, even if you're, everything is good and you have nothing to worry about. I think just serving the community or helping others is, uh, is really valuable and, and it can Definitely. help in many forms, whether it's with your mental health or just, uh, you know, just being able to give back to, to society is a very important thing and and we often underestimate the the impact it can have on both the person who's doing the acts of service and, mm -hmm. and the people that are on the receiving end it uh it, it is a win-win type of situation 
definitely definitely will do you, do you think what would what one thing you would say that would be better for this world with, with regards to mental health what one thing can you know people do or what's the one thing that will help mental health like if you had to choose one thing just on a on a on a, on a wide worldwide scale uh <laughs> i mean one thing uh i just think it just uh, a community of support and mm. and i know that's like uh that can get pretty deep but i i i feel like there's a huge divide in the world right now especially uh with the pandemic and and in general like you know everyone's so segregated and and divided um i think if we can all come together and be supportive um, regardless of gender color race you know whatever it is whatever are the things that divide us regardless of all of that if we can have a community of people that we're all just supporting and looking out for each other I think that could help uh, significantly uh, I think a lot of our mental health issues come from being uh, isolated or feeling alone um, or, or just um, feeling uh, marginalized. Uh, I think mm -hmm. if we can remove those barriers, we can all, um, you know, uh, get some value and and hopefully, you know, uh, improve the the mental health of everyone involved. Mm, no, that 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 is for real. And this, and obviously, COVID lockdown has increased mental health and like you said this is i think that's the main reason because of the lack of connection and mm -hmm. that connection i think there is a there is a what's the point type thing in the head where well if no one cares or if i'm not talking or being with anyone then what am i doing and um mm -hmm. yeah definitely i agree i agree completely i think having a community and you know this is why i do my podcast i know this is why you do your podcast too and it's, it's um you know it's just it's building connections really and when you build connections you feel significant like this this conversation we're having right now is significant because i'm learning hopefully uh the the, the community is learning that the man-to-man -man community is learning too and um i just feel it's so important to connect with with people and yes it's, it's probably the most important thing you know it's like everyone what, what's what's everyone's favorite day christmas why because well whatever religious you know day that brings your family together why why is that why is that so important it's important because that's the day where everyone connects it's the day mm -hmm. where everyone comes together enjoys spends time people that we love we spend time and and, and we just be with each other and um in, you know everyone loves it because it's not there's not read that no one else has a reason not to be there because you know it's christmas so everyone's like yeah this is our this is you know a perfect day or like a, a birthday or whatever you know it's, it's everyone loves these days because it's it's, it's connecting mm -hmm. and the more more we connect in this world the better the better i believe we'll we'll, we'll grow and the community that you're talking about is definitely needed on a worldwide mm -hmm. scale so um yeah man um you you have any other like aspirations and goals? I know you're doing um, you're you're studying at the moment, and you you got your podcast. Do you have any other like goals or aspirations that you want to achieve in in this in this life, really, or in this short term, long term, medium term, whatever? Do you have anything else you want to do? Um. Well, uh, I I think just whatever capacity I can. Uh, to make a difference and and you know we touched on it earlier but service is important to me um, just even if it's one person if I can help um, mm. I consider that success because mm. that's one life in this world I've impacted positively hopefully um, mm. but that's my goal is to you know um, make a difference even if one life at a time um, mm. because I, I do see uh people suffering myself included and what we all need is just love and uh and uh, uh 
just someone to hear us, you know, just someone mm -hmm. to listen to us. And it, it makes such a huge difference when, you know, you can just be a sounding board for someone. And I know it's helped me when I have someone there who just willing to listen to me. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not expecting a solution. I'm not expecting a, an answer. You just, sometimes you just need to be able to speak through mm -hmm. whatever you're feeling um because like i said the more you talk about it the more normal it becomes and it's not yeah. some you know scary uh volcano that you're just scared that will erupt right it's just mm -hmm. um so yeah so that's kind of my goal uh you know the podcast really is to normalize mental health because there's people who are courageous enough out there who have battled um many different situations in their lives. So my goal with the podcast is to share those stories. So then everyone else feels empowered to share their own, or at least feel like they're not alone in this world with their own struggles. So, so, you know, so far, um, the response I've received has been overwhelmingly, you know, like I've just been super grateful and humbled by how well it's been received. So I, I yeah. hope to continue that work. Yeah, man, you're doing a, you're doing a great job, honestly. Doing a Thank fantastic you. job, and um, yeah, you're doing well. And uh, you just you just have this, you just have a really like I would say, you have really like it's just just nice like energy about you, which even though I haven't met you, I can, you can just feel it. So you're you're at least I think you've definitely got this just just great energy, like energy in the terms of so calm, so so warm, such a warm energy about you, which is which is it's amazing, man. And uh, it's very you're very easy to just to talk to, honestly. No, I appreciate that. Thank you. That uh, <laughs> when I hear stuff like that, it just gives me the the motivation to keep doing what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, and you know, it, it yeah, it feeds that. Uh, it, you know, it fuels that uh, engine that <laughs> inside of me to to keep mm -hmm. doing this work. So I, I am super grateful for you having me on here and giving me this opportunity to talk. Uh, you know, we've had a few of these conversations. So, uh, yeah. you know, again. I uh, really appreciate everything you just said. Thank you. No worries. No worries, man. It's great having you on here. Where can, uh, where can we find you? Where can we find you? Um, so Instagram is the best. Um, so my Instagram handle is Unoya Zen. It's E-U-N-O-I-A-Z-E-N. And uh, yeah, my podcast is Easy Conversations. So E-Z Conversations. Uh, I, lo I, lo I love that title. I love that. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, yeah, it's available on all the platforms. Um, yeah, I mean, like the uh, word play is basically taking those uh, conversations that we've told ourselves are really difficult or hard mm. and making them easy. Um, and, yeah. You know, for no, because I'm from England, we say EZ in it. So when I looked at it, I was like, EZ conversations? Because, you know, we don't say Z like American Z. You guys say you guys say Z, we say Z. So I was like, EZ conversation. But when you say easy, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, it's uh that's the thing for uh, you know, when you listen to these uh podcast episodes I put out there, it's very it's easy how people come on and share their stories and uh, you know, mm. uh, that's the whole point. Uh once we start talking about it and normalize it, it just becomes easier for us to uh work through definitely. it definitely i just want to say laughing um you said about being someone holding space my partner that's the one thing i really appreciate about her is she literally holds space for me like any time of the day and that's something that is very i've never seen from anyone and um it does it does it does really really it does that that holding space what you said previously um it's so like so much to be it's so it's so it's so much to have that and it generally helped me to be open despite her holding space so yeah man. yeah it's really important and it's beautiful when you experience it when the other person's able to put aside anything and hold space for you um mm. that's when you feel loved the most and that's yeah. what we all crave is mm. just being able to to be heard to be seen uh and just kind of trust and fall back right and knowing that someone's going to catch you i think that's where 
we're the most vulnerable and we feel the most freedom. Mm. So yeah. Um, and it's, it's amazing it, once you find it and you experience it because it, yeah, it just feels, uh, safe. Definitely. Definitely. Well, it's been, it's been great having you on here and, um, we're definitely going to have to catch up again. Um, got a few things in the pipeline and I'm uh, definitely going to maybe shout you on a couple of things that I'm looking to do. So, um, in the future. So, um, yeah, man, uh, thank you for being here once again. And, um, this is man to man podcast. Hope everybody's got great value and um, great knowledge from this podcast and enjoy the rest of your day. Take care.